Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the restoration. I'm your host, Stephen Peinecker. And folks, we have ourselves another segment with Brent Ashworth called Show and Tell, loosely based on the book, a, uh, Show and Tell, A Unique Journey Through History from the Life of Brent Ashworth, written by Tracy McFarland Fieldstead. And back by popular demand, I get people asking all the time when you're going to do some more of this stuff. And folks, I just want to give my audience what they want. They want more Brent. Brent Ashworth, welcome to the program, sir. Well, thank you, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm having yeah. fun. I think whenever we get together, we just have a blast. I remember when I visited, well, you had you were visiting family here in Sarasota, and I went down and visited with you, and we had a blast, a nice afternoon spent together. It's always a pleasure, to, and it's glad to call you a friend. So, well, you are, and you, you got hit with a hurricane since then. Yeah. So. <laughs> We're getting cleaned up. We're all good. So, um, Brent, I just want to welcome you to the program, and I'm so excited. And like I said, with this segment, so I have no idea what Brent is going to throw in front of that camera, and we're going to talk about it for around 20 minutes for a special Tuesday tangent with Brent Ashworth. Okay. Well, I've got uh, I've got uh, William McClellan's lost manuscript in my hands. Okay. You can read his signature here. Raise it up a little bit. There we go. Yep. Okay. Um, this was uh, written later in life, between 1871 and 1872. It took him about a year to write it. Um, he had uh, left the church in 1838. You may recall that uh, uh, McClellan uh, joined the church in uh, 1831, uh, was baptized then. Um, he was born in a family in, uh, 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 in 1806 in Tennessee. Uh, Smith County, Tennessee, to Charles and Sarah McClellan. His mother was a Cherokee Indian, uh, which is quite interesting uh, background uh, for him. He became quite educated as the time went on, was a school teacher. And uh, we know, among other things, he taught penmanship, but he really uh, uh, hasn't been remembered for by a lot of people for being a science teacher. That's really, really what he became more than anything else. And that became important because in this... Uh, Lost Journal, uh, which uh, was found for uh, briefly in 1929, uh, a uh, uh, reorganized apostle by the name of Paul M. Hansen. Uh, if you can see his name here. Private Library, Paul M. Hansen. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, was an apostle of the uh, reorganized church, my understanding. And uh, he had it uh, for a while. Uh, McClellan's first wife died early on. He uh, married, remarried. Um, he uh, uh, had quite an interesting uh, history. Uh, he was, uh, uh, for a time, he was a, uh, a member of the church uh, tasked with traveling with Luke Johnson uh, in January of 1832. McClellan was excommunicated more than one time. Uh, he was, he was ex the first time in December of 1832, was restored to full fellowship uh, by 1833. Uh, that year, McClellan served a mission for the church, uh, traveling with Parley P. Pratt in Missouri and Illinois. Um, anyway, having been given a revelation to Joseph Smith on March 8, 1832, it was said that the Lord was not pleased with my servant, William E. McClellan. Anyway, he went on from that uh, over time and uh, got into uh, the good graces of the Lord and the leaders, uh, was uh, picked as one of the original 12 apostles. Uh, became a member of the original quorum in 1835 when it was uh, when it was put together. 
uh, February 15th, 1835. He was 29 at the time. Um, anyway, when uh, the Book of Commandments was about to be published, some uh, Latter-day Saints criticized the wording of some of the revelations. You may recall this. And um, uh, according to uh, Joseph Smith, the Lord issued a challenge to see if the wisest member of the church could write a revelation uh, comparable to the least of Smith's revelations he received from the Lord. They could, the members of the church, be justified in claiming the revelation did not come from God. McClellan, who was trained as a school teacher, was selected to represent that group uh, of critics uh, for the challenge. But according to Smith's history, McClellan failed to produce a credible text, uh, said he apologized to the brethren, and uh, the controversy died quickly away. Um, at any rate, uh, he was uh, uh, later appointed to be a captain in the Missouri State Militia in 1837. But he left the church uh, in early 1838, uh, right before the Mormon War. He was quite critical of the church and became what Joseph Smith referred to as an apostate in his history. In fact, there was a, uh, an entry in Joseph Smith's history uh, when Joseph was in Liberty Jail in Missouri that that old apostate McClellan had, uh, uh, had invaded his home while, he was, while Joseph was in prison and uh, uh, invaded his office and ransacked some of my papers. Uh, there's a, uh, a reference to that. Now, the reason that reference becomes important in later church history is that uh, Mark Hoffman used that as his excuse for coming up with a McClellan collection. Mm. <laughs> he ransacked Joseph Smith's office, uh, which was a well-known event. Um, any rate, uh, we know at one point that uh, they were so uh, uh, opposed to each other that Joseph uh, uh, was uh, entertained with the thought that McClellan wanted to have him released long enough to, to uh, beat up the prophet uh, and that that uh, event never took place. Uh, because even though Joseph agreed to it, uh, McClellan wanted to use a club, and they didn't think that was fair. Uh, even jo Joseph had agreed to, to meet him face-to-face uh, uh, -face at that. But uh, he left the church. Uh, ultimately, he, he went to Texas. He uh, joined several other groups. He followed uh, several other uh, leaders at one time or another. Mostly, uh, he was very loyal to uh, David Whitmer. And uh, he'd asked Whitmer to organize a church, which uh, at the time Whitmer said, well, that wasn't my calling, although Whitmer did organize a little church later. But at um, any rate, he was uh, strongly opposed to uh, the reorganized church at the time. He, his wife was reorganized, baptized, and wanted her, him to be, but he, he didn't want to be, and he never was. But uh, she outlived him, and so this manuscript ended up uh, in, uh, uh, in this uh, uh, collection. Uh, and in 1929, uh, we know that Paul Hansen had uh, some pages from it uh, photographed and put into one of their publications. Uh, but then we know that uh, years later, after Hoffman had made the uh, McClellan collection famous and the church discovered um, on some uh, information that Dean Jesse gave him that they already may have had some uh, some journals of McClellan. This is when, uh, uh, after Hoffman had been offering several of us the McClellan collection, uh, that the church already had picked up uh, for fifty dollars when in 1909, when uh, or 1908, when President Joseph F. Smith was the prophet, uh, some uh, 
some manuscripts from a guy by the name of Trauber in Texas. Um, but uh, all we knew about this manuscript was that it had a couple of pages, four pages that were uh, published in a uh, journal of the reorganized church in 1929. Um, well, it's been known as the lost manuscript because when they tried to uh, publish all of these in the 1990s, uh, it was the one that they only had the four pages from. Um, I was given a tip by a fellow uh, uh, collector dealer uh, as to uh, where this journal might be. And I made some phone calls and found out that it was still in the family in uh, Independence. And all they cared about was getting some money. So I was able to purchase it. So that was the, the history of it. I spent about a year uh, going through it. If you look at it, the, uh, the journal is uh, very well written, but it's very tiny. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, raise it up a little bit more. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so glad that McCullough didn't use pencil for this thing. Yeah. <laughs> for more for more than one reason too he was, he was noted for his penmanship and uh uh let me just grab this uh, real quick um, yeah, so. he was noted for his penmanship but we published this book based on it uh in uh uh 2012 this came out uh 20 yeah 2010 or 11 i can't remember at any rate uh it's uh it was published and uh, uh, it was gone through. Uh, we published uh, in detail the thing, and we uh, we also published the uh, the pages, which were uh, uh, colorized. And uh, here's here's one oh, of yeah. there uh, that had been printed in 1929, so we knew it was it was the same manuscript. It had been lost to the editors uh, a couple of decade a decade or so before. But we published those four, those four pages. The thing that's significant about it is that uh, he goes through and tells about his relationship uh, with uh, Joseph Smith in the early church um, and his falling out with Joseph, he mentions. Uh, in fact, there's one part of the manuscript where on one page uh, uh, he says Joseph got what he deserved at Carthage. Uh, and then he crosses all that out with the same ink. Kind of hmm. like he wrote it and he decided, I shouldn't have put that in there, you know, uh, for some, whatever reason. And then the, the remaining part of the journal is all sweetness and light towards the prophet. Can't say enough nice things about him after that. Really? Yeah. yeah so it's, it's very strange in that way. But one thing he's rock solid on is the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Uh, all the way through the entire journal and throughout his life, after he learned of it, uh, the Book of Mormon was uh, absolutely the uh, uh, the truth, and uh, he wanted that uh, he wanted that known. Um, any rate, he uh, he talked uh, quite a bit about uh, about that. He said the testimony of men. I'll just read a couple of paragraphs of it. Please do. I think it's fascinating. In open daylight, in an open wood lot, with their sensitive powers all calm and serene, Joseph Smith, Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, and Martin Harris testify that an angel a glorified appearance and countenance came down from heaven and stood before them and took the plates which Joseph Smith had possessed from which he had translated uh, the book of the book speaking of the Book of Mormon and held them in his hand and showed as many of the leaves or plates as Joseph had completed to them so that they saw and looked upon them until they were entirely 
satisfied. And the angel spoke to David and said, Whitmer and said, quote, David, blessed is the Lord and he that keepeth his commandments, unquote. These men saw his form, saw his glorified appearance, heard his words, saw all that he showed them, and then saw him ascend to heaven again. This was no collusion. These men could not be mistaken. They either told the truth or they willfully lied. How shall we tell which? How shall we know? This vision was in 1829, more than 40 years ago, and what has been the conduct of those men since that day? Two of them are dead and possibly, probably two living. Uh, those living are firm in their testimony. I visited David Whitmer uh, after he was more than 65 years of age, and he solemnly declared to me, quote, I saw the angel of God. I heard his voice. Hence, I know uh, of a truth, unquote. Martin Harris is some 89 years of age, and still he carries the Book of Mormon under his arm and testifies to all, both great and small, quote, I am Martin Harris in all the world, and I know the Book of Mormon to be verily true. And although all men should deny the truth of that book, I dare not do it. My heart is fixed. Oh, God, my heart is fixed. I could not know more truthfully, more truly or certainly than I do, unquote. And then he goes on to say, in 1833, when mobbing reigned triumphant in Jackson County, Missouri, I and O'Cowdery fled from our homes for fear of personal violence on Saturday, the 20th of July. The mob dispersed, agreeing to meet again on the next Tuesday. They offered $80 reward for anyone uh, who would uh, deliver Cowdery or McClellan in Independence on Tuesday. On Monday, I slipped down into the Whitmer settlement, and there in the lonely woods, I met with David Whitmer and Oliver Cowdery, two of the three witnesses. I said to them, brethren, I never have seen an open vision in my life, but you men say that you have, and therefore you positively know. Now, you know that our lives are in danger every hour if the mob can only catch us. Tell me in the fear of God, is that Book of Mormon true? Cadre looked at me with solemnity depicted in his face and said, Brother William, God sent his holy angel to declare the truth of the translation of it to us, and therefore we know, underline. And though the mob kill us, yet we must die declaring that it's truth, unquote. David then said, quote, Oliver has told you the solemn truth, for we could not be deceived. I most truly declare to you it's truth, unquote. Said I, boys, I believe you. I can see no object for you to tell me falsehood now when our lives are endangered. Eight men testified to handling that sacred pile of plates from which Joseph read off the translation um, of that heavenly book. He goes on to talk about some of their circumstances and so on. And then uh, later on, uh, just uh, this entry, he said, I have read the book many, many times through, and I'm well acquainted with the manner of its coming to light and the circumstances of the organization of the, quote, Church of Christ, unquote, as probably any man who now lives. I was personally and intimately acquainted with Joseph Smith, who translated the book, for five years near the beginning of his ministry. He attended my high school during the winter. That would have been in Curland, 1834. He attended and learned science all winter. I learned the strength of his mind as to the study and principles of science. Hence, I think I knew him. 
And I hear say that he had one of the strongest, well-balanced, penetrating and retentive minds of any man with whom I ever formed an acquaintance among the thousands of my observations. He was a school teacher. Although when I took him into my school, he was without scientific knowledge or attainment. And I know, and I do know, she, he's underlined this, the truth of this great work of the last days. And I would advise all people, kindreds and tongues to believe and embrace the book, the doctrine and principles and government and practice of the true church of Christ, underlined, for the time of Christ's second coming is soon at hand. Wow. Anyway, that's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, man, I tell you, I, I, Christians would love to have a, an outside attestation of something, more, maybe what one of the apostles would have said, like, did you really see a risen Christ and let me before he's about to be martyred? Uh, yeah, that's pretty uh, amazing and what very well written um and just very descriptive uh it's 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 so interesting because here's this guy who's writing this journal now you said this this journal covered the period of 1871 to 1872 is that was he writing like, like right, a, but he's writing about his his early his right. religious beliefs which are clearly uh in tune with what he learned early on about the book of Mormon. and so he's writing these things down it's a valuable resource and i i uh i'm just wondering um you said four pages were published in an RELDS publication, what were those the four pages that were published or what? what, yes. what? Those are part of them. I didn't, the last thing I read you about the schooling was not one of them. Okay, okay. And uh, so that would be why they would put that in there because it is really a pretty strong statement, um, you know, coming from an enemy of Joseph's, but who was there early on and witnessed these things. When he says and he writes down and he underlines the church, true church of Christ, who it, in in William's mind, what would have been the the true church of Christ at that time? Well, uh, I think he's speaking in terms of the church as it was restored. Oh, okay. You know, I think that he had some falling outs with Joseph. He was particularly against polygamy. Um, there were other issues that came up uh, towards. Uh, uh, the Nauvoo period after he had left the church that I didn't think, I don't think he in other writings agreed with. Uh, but I think as the Book of Mormon came out, uh, he became a very strong witness for the Book of Mormon and continued to be throughout his life. So he's basically saying the true gospel is in that book. And uh, he's uh, telling everybody to, you know, to, to read that book. It's interesting to me that uh, this is written. Uh, it's about the strongest testimony of someone that's left the church <laughs> that I've ever read. Now, he re realized he had been a member of the 12 at one time. Uh, I, uh, when this book, uh, when it was first published, we only got about 100 copies of it uh, that came off without uh, having a problem. They were supposed to have been sewn together and they were glued. So many of them fell apart. Nice. So Eborn, the publisher, didn't put them out. So we only got about 100, 150 copies that got out there. But I gave, because I was a missionary of the church, uh, history library at the time I gave a copy to the church history library and later um, I didn't send one to him but I got a very nice letter back from Thomas S. Monson uh, oh. about the book. Do you want me to read it to you? Yeah sure yeah please do. Uh, it's dated January 31st 2012. Um, Elder Brent F. Ashworth, dear Elder Ashworth, thank you very much for the copy of William E. McClellan's Lost Manuscript. Your efforts to have it published are appreciated. His words of testimony regarding the Book of Mormon and the prophet Joseph Smith and others are surely interesting. And then just wish, wishes me 
good wishes. That's That's right. That's but right. I thought that was some for the prophet to take the time to write that because we hadn't actually given him a copy. We gave a copy to the church uh, history library, but he must That's have got right. it and seen it. I think the book could actually be quite helpful for those that uh, are on the line or the people that even have left the church and realize that McClellan left the church, but he couldn't leave the Book of Mormon. He was absolutely convinced uh, and gave a probably one of the strongest testimonies I've ever read, uh, despite being in a quote apostate, according to Joseph, using that word, uh, yeah. of the Book of Mormon. Fascinating. You know, that reminds me, one of my trips to Utah, I actually met one of Thomas Monson's nieces. She, oh. she introduced herself to me and said that she just loves this channel because she's learning so much about Mormon history. And I think I think that's really cool. And I think you're part of that that contribution of this channel. Um, that people really are learning the history about their church that they haven't heard before. I think this is a fascinating letter. Um, that that he the, the journal entry is fascinating. Um, and and I would think in many ways could be very faith affirming if one was a member of the restoration. Um, I, I I have to ask you, uh, you had said that. You, when did you first find this? When does this book been in your collection? How did you, you had mentioned you tracked down some family that had it. Yeah, I tracked, I was given a lead and I tracked down uh, some family members that had it. It was out of uh, Independence area at the time. Uh, they were no longer affiliated, but I guess their family had been. And um, uh, they mostly just wanted to sell a thing, wondered where, what to do with it. And so uh, I was able to purchase it and I didn't. I just kind of sat on it for about a year. I uh, it took me. It took me most of that time. I was still an attorney uh, to uh, to get the time to read through it all. But I was amazed. And it's written. It's got 26 chapters. It's written like a general authority would write a, you know, a typical uh, book uh, for uh, you know for church readers. And yet this guy had been out of the church for decades. Wow. <laughs> but it's written like that. That's kind of the angle that he takes. Uh, except for the, the the short comment about Joseph Smith, every which he crosses out, yeah. everything is sweetness and light about yeah. the prophet. So amazing, this many years later. Yeah, I have to ask you, what's your theory? What do you think happened to cause him to write that down and then to cross it out? Well, I I think he had a obviously a change of change of heart, pretty close to the time he wrote it because the ink's the same ink. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he used a you know. Uh, it was brown ink if he'd used a, a red pen or a black one or something then we know it was lighter but it was just the same brown ink and it was kind of like well i shouldn't have written that this is my book you know that i want to give as, as a memoir so uh he crosses it out i assume he thought that if it was published this would be taken out this wouldn't be in there i kind of glad it's in there because it shows the problem with mcclellan <laughs> <laughs> was with the prophet with uh, uh, the men but not the book, mm -hmm. not the uh, obviously the gospel. Yeah, a very powerful testimony of the Book of Mormon, probably as strong as any members. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Uh, so I just real quick, I, I want to follow up. What what year did you acquire this uh, document? Uh, let's see. I believe it was that I got it in I think two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Okay, and like then that. a couple years later, you had it published. published. Couple, in twenty twelve. Yeah, and and there's I, no uh, copies. Are there any copies available to purchase, or is it just uh, well, if, if somebody's really intense on it, I've got a few of the broken copies. A few of the broken, okay. Because <laughs> I got them from uh, 
from the publisher. He's very kind. So uh, <laughs> if you don't mind a, a book falling apart, I could probably, I've got about a dozen of those. But uh, the book needs to be republished. I've talked to the publisher about uh, doing a paperback of it, but it won't be the same. But at least have the, I think the information is very good, don't you? Yeah. Very powerful. Oh, and, and one thing that surprised me about it, uh, just kind of interesting. I don't know how many have read, have read Saints, hmm? uh, but the, uh, the new uh, history of the church, that's a narrative history. The one Brigham Young said we would write someday. And so it's all firsthand, which I kind of love. A lot of historians take uh, odds with it because it's not that detailed, but it, it's very good because it's written from the standpoint of somebody, persons that lived during those eras and talked about them. But if you look at the beginning of uh, 17, it's taken directly, chapter 17 of this first volume, it's taken almost directly from, uh, from this uh, manuscript, which well, I got kind of a, I got a kick out of that. <laughs> oh that is so cool that is so cool well brent i am just uh really uh fascinated by this what what you just presented to our our, our our group i would like to hear comments from you all what do you think uh about the this this document about this journal and in, in particular the journal entry that brent read to us today um do you find it to be faith affirming what why do you suppose somebody like william would have maybe hated the prophet most of his life, but something happened to cause him to write that thing down. And then it almost seems like he had an, a, a change of heart for the first time in decades, scratches his out, and then writes a glowing history about the early days of the church, the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, and in many ways is trying to show the validity of the eyewitnesses' accounts. And, yeah, very powerful stuff. Well, Brent, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the program today. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. And I just remind you all, don't forget to like and subscribe and hit, and also hit the notification bell. So as soon as a new episode comes out, you'll be informed. Also, I just want to let you know that if you'd like to support the channel financially, you could. Uh, there's links in the description. So you can support us on PayPal as well as Patreon. And don't forget, we do have the... Uh, the merch store, mormonbookreviews.com, and we have a variety of items, including coffee mugs, ball caps, t-shirts, you name it. Um, it's in there as well. As a matter of fact, here, I got, even got a mouse pad, you know, so you can even get a mouse pad in the, in the store. And uh, that'd be, I do also want to thank all those who are financially supporting the channel, could not be doing this without you. And by the way, Brent, I am interested in getting one of those broken copies, just so you know. So <laughs> we'll see, maybe next time in Utah. Uh, folks, I just want to remind you all that all the voices of the restoration will be heard here on Mormon Book Reviews.